0: Hey, hey, homesteaders, and welcome to the TLC Mini Farm Podcast, where we discuss all things related to urban homesteading. I am your host, Tani Fan. On today's episode, we are going to chat about gardening with kids. My special guest will be sharing her experiences and tips on how to get your kids involved in the garden and to discover the magic of growing plants. Her Instagram account often features her young daughter in their garden, who, by the way, is super adorable and very funny. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me today. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and I want to share with our listeners that Amanda and I, uh, actually met at a seed swap. And I actually think we met before I started following you on Instagram because a lot of times we connect in real life and we're like, Oh, you have an Instagram account. And then we follow each other. But I think
1: we've met twice at the SoCal seed swap. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Anne's been gracious enough to host those for us. And I remember, um, maybe it was at the park and then at her house, I believe that we've met Yeah,
0: so super fun when we get a chance to actually meet our fellow gardening and homesteading friends in our community, in our neighborhood, in our local area. So tell us a little bit about your urban homestead and how you got into
1: gardening yourself. Awesome. Um, Well, growing up, my family, we've always had gardens and uh, a wide variety of animals. I kind of grew up with a take in all strays mentality, and um, that often led us to some pretty interesting pets or animals. Uh, So the animal thing started really young, and I, I have a very distinct memory of being in elementary school, and my mom would actually bring our pets, our animals, to the classrooms, um, to share with the other students and stuff, because not everybody had a pet turkey at the time. Um, so that was really fun. And it just kind of, uh, got me in the mindset. I really loved animals. I loved raising them and being a part of that. Um, and the same thing kind of with gardening at, we always had something growing or some type of layout, um, where we were growing fruits or vegetables and stuff. And then my grandpa actually, his parents are from Italy and, when he came out here, the climate was very similar to what he knew. So he was constantly, he's like, I'm gonna plant all the fruit trees. I'm gonna grow everything. And so I, I remember going over to my grandpa's house with a basket and just being so excited because he would cram every kind of fruit tree he could into this you know, suburban home backyard because he—the the climate was so familiar to his parents um, over in Italy. So that's, I think what really gave me a foundation or a love, I guess, of growing food, wanting to grow food. And also that, you know, the animal aspect, we just, we've, I grew up around pets, animals. Um, I've, we've always taken in strays and it's just kind of something I grew up with.
0: Oh, the days of show and tell in elementary school. Yes. I used to <laughs> exactly. love those. And if somebody does bring in a pet, I would probably be super excited for that person's show and tell because I too, I think all little kids uh, really love animals and learning about them and playing with them. And speaking of uh, taking in strays, I think right now you have um, your hands full with a couple kittens, right?
1: Yes. So we foster um, kittens through the Orange County Animal Shelter. Uh, We currently have six little fosters right now um and, and that again I think that goes back to how I grew up you know just kind of taking it we were always it wasn't called fostering then we just were helping animals or taking in strays and helping to find them homes uh now they have programs that you sign up and volunteer for but I have been doing that my whole life uh, so it's 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 really nice it's I think a great experience for kids to be a part of too, in addition to growing food, just that kind of responsibility for another living thing. Um, the responsibility, you know, feeding, the timing, all, all that kind of stuff. And then also the gratitude of being able to find a home for a pet that may not otherwise have a home. Um, we have a, a little kitten right now that's our, my a special needs foster and that's been an interesting experience and uh, for the kids to see and you know we're looking for a very special home for that little guy and uh, get watching them be part of the process is so rewarding for me as a parent but I really think it is for them as well when they when they find homes for these pets um, it's pretty it's pretty special.
0: It is so our topic today is gardening with kids. And so I mentioned in my intro that you do share quite a bit on Instagram through your uh, feed, through your stories about gardening and your kids being involved and participating. How did that get started for you as a family?
1: So when I had kids, they were always with me. (laughs) So if I was in the garden, they were in the garden. Um, So that's kind of how my children personally got started um in the garden but going a little deeper my mom is a preschool teacher and my grandma was actually a middle school teacher and even with the babies my mom at the preschool um i would help her come up with lesson plans for sensory activities for the little ones you know 12 months old 18 months old um, just smelling leaves uh, feeling different textures and stuff and i it's really, it's really neat to see them kind of uh, look at these things with, uh, you know, they, they're smelling it for the first time or they're touching it for the first time kind of um, expressions on their face. And, um, you know, they can't always um, communicate with you verbally, you know, but you can just tell that it's such a neat experience for them. So I knew um, I wanted my kids to have the experience of gardening. But honestly, most importantly, I really, really wanted my kids to know where their food comes from, to know what goes into growing food and to kind of develop an appreciation for it.
0: Yeah, um, I definitely can see the idea of where the food comes from as an important concept as a parent. Because like you said, the word appreciation, right? We appreciate the things that we have when we know how much time and energy and TLC we have to put into nurturing things just as we nurture, you know, like these these animals that need a home and so on. But same thing with our food. And I think, and maybe you see this too, they're more likely to maybe not waste food or be wasteful, but to be... um, Uh, grateful and thankful for the things that they do have and be appreciative of the things that they do have simply because of the time and the energy, right?
1: That's exactly correct. Um, you know, reduce waste. That's such a, a phrase right now. And people are always talking about reducing waste. And I really think if you take a step back that go, you know, and you start looking at, where your food came from like you said everything that goes into getting that um you know nectarine from the tree to your table or that zucchini from the plant to the store to your table i mean when you start looking at that and the kids get to be part of that process i know for myself personally my kids don't want to waste anything i mean my daughter will eat a leaf or something because she grew it she's like wait 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 that's edible right i can eat that and it's a great I think mindset to get them started in it really helps that reduce waste mentality, you know, as they get older and start to grow up.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a positive benefit um, is the idea that it's not just growing the food, but it leads to other things as well. Like you said, reducing waste and so on. So what tips do you have for parents out there? Who might want to spark an interest in their children to explore the hobby? Either their kids are really young right now, or maybe they're a little bit older, maybe they're um, budding teenagers. How do you foster sort of this curiosity or interest in gardening?
1: This is one of my favorite questions, actually, that you have on here. Um, the tips for getting kids or teenagers, uh, families interested in gardening. Um, because one thing, you know, gardening teaches is patience, right? and we're all are still learning that. Most adults are still learning to be patient. Uh, teenagers for sure are learning to be patient. Children are learning to be patient. So one of the things I love to talk to parents about are doing having multiple gardening projects going at once. Having different things at different stages um, in the garden I think is really key to keep their interests going. Um, so for instance, if you wanna keep kids engaged, I would start some seeds or start some plants from seed, but I would also purchase some seedlings. Um, Maybe the seeds that you start, you can um, try germinating them in different ways. Maybe you're putting some in the soil or maybe you're putting some into a damp um, paper towel in a bag and really showing the kids what's going on underneath the soil. I would highly recommend some quick growing seeds like radishes and beans are great. Um, plants to start with with kids. They're gonna germinate quickly. They'll see the leaves um, quickly. Um, And then, you know, since you also purchased some seedlings, you're gonna get a little bit of a head start on growing some food. So I think it's important to have different things going at the same time. Um, Another thing I would suggest would be to incorporate not just vegetables or not just flowers, but maybe mix it up a little bit and kind of the same concept with the flowers. Maybe you start some from seed, but maybe you purchase some as well because there's, you know, 101 different art projects you can do with cut flowers. You can, you know, try changing the color of the flower with food dye. You can try drying them. These are different activities you can do while your other plants are growing and kind of using some of that time to develop. Um, for the older kids or you know i guess some of this depends on the age level that you're you're working with but for instance if you have a, a child who's really interested in art or even graphic design maybe that's the person in your family who sketches out your gardening plan um, there's different ways to get people involved based on their current interests that's what i've learned i've learned like my daughter she loves art i know if i can gear and activity towards art, she's going to be more involved in that particular thing. So I think that's, you know, really um, important is to kind of know your audience, so to speak, and kind of play on some of their already existing interests, and then incorporate that into the garden. Um, Another big thing is to make sure that the kids are part of the planning. So they're picking out the seeds that you want to grow. And maybe you can halo some ideas like, okay, we're gonna go grow radishes, but the kids are picking the variety of radish that they want to grow. I really think it's important to keep them involved in the process every step of the way. Otherwise it's mom and dad kind of telling them what to do and you know they're just it's a lot of waiting and um, there's there's a getting your hands dirty kind of aspect. Uh, that goes along with keeping them part of the process. Um, I guess the main takeaway is don't just plant seeds and walk away, you know, keep different activities going throughout the whole growing process. Those are some of my favorite, um, things to talk to parents about.
0: Yeah, I think when, um, kids get choice and they get to be part of the decision-making there's more buy-in and ownership of the the process or the project. And so if I'm, you know, I would imagine if I was eight years old and I got to pick out a certain variety of flowers that I got to grow or veggies, I would be so vested because it was something that I was interested in doing. And then um, coming up with those activities, then, like you said, of using some of those items from the garden to further add to like their hobbies and interests. So like right away, as you were talking, I started thinking about things like making pressed flowers um, once you dry them. Yeah. Or make being able to make a small floral arrangement and giving it to your teacher or to a neighbor or to grandma or somebody. Right. So just that sense of Um, ownership and accomplishment with some of those things. So that kind of leads me into then my next question for you is has this interest in gardening sparked an interest in other homesteading activities for your children? Like are they helping in the kitchen with preparing meals based on the things that you guys are harvesting, food
1: preservation, things like that? Absolutely. So I really believe that when kids are part of the growing process, they're going to be so much more likely to eat that food um, or to at least try it. This is a, in getting kids involved in gardening is a great way to get a picky eater to try vegetables. I hear that all the time. My kid won't touch a vegetable. I always say, have them grow it. They may not love it and that's okay too. There are a lot of vegetables out there. Try something else. But they're going to taste it because they put that time and effort into it um so i know my youngest is seven years old and anytime she gets to bring an ingredient into the kitchen from our garden that she grew it it, i mean it it sparks all kinds of conversations what are we going to cook what are we going to make or if there's a lot of it how do we save it what can we do and then that starts kind of the well, let's pickle it, or let's make jam, or let's dry them. Hey, let's try to make fruit leather. Um, So there's a lot of conversations that start just by bringing that one thing into the kitchen from the garden. And that to me, that's that's really special. And then, you know, there is such joy when I let her cook that one item, that zucchini or whatever it might be, and then turn around and feed our family or serve her dad or her brothers or sister, you know, like she gets to share what she made from what she grew. And there's there's real joy in that. Um, we have a lot of conversations about how to preserve food for sure, especially when you start learning um, to grow what what's in season. So we know we, we aren't gonna have strawberries growing year round in our garden for us. So how do we save summer, you know, how do we save the taste of strawberries? And we love making jam. That's probably one of our favorite things. We just made some loquat jam for the first time trying to save again, summer. Um, So that was really fun. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is not necessarily, uh, I don't know if it would be a homesteading thing or not, but it's definitely um, a community thing. My kids love collecting whatever we've grown, whether that's um, a bushel of lavender, some flowers or bags of fruit. And they love going around the neighborhood and delivering bags of garden goodies to our neighbors. And that is honestly how we have met the majority of our neighbors was, um, Exchanging or delivering stuff from the garden, and it has started so many wonderful and beautiful conversations and friendships. And I think when I think of homesteading and stuff like that, I always community is right there with it. It's really um, connected to me, and that's been probably one of my favorite things to see my kids experience is the the gift of sharing food or sharing what they grew or swapping. You know, I have a neighbor who has a plethora of lemons. Well, we can go over there and we can trade loquats right now for lemons. And it's just, it's such a neat experience. And I think it also really helps develop communication skills, um, a sense of confidence, and kind of just a, you know, a sense of achievement as well. So those are some things that, you know, I think are overlooked sometimes when you think of, when you talk about gardening, but they're really key life skills. And, you know, we, that sense of community to me is so important. And I love seeing it in my kids. I love seeing them feel good about meeting new people, not being afraid to meet new people and just kind of engaging in conversation, learning how to talk and, um, you know, just enjoy people. So that's, I don't know if that's exactly homesteading, but for me, it is that that's part of it for me.
0: Let me ask you this. What do you think of people trying to hide vegetables in their children's food.
1: <laughs> I know you and I touched upon this before. So tell me how you really feel. <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion and I don't know that people will agree with me. I don't like that at all. I don't like the idea of sneaking vegetables into kids' food. And the reason why is I want, I, I want kids to know what they like and know what they don't like. And if you are sneaking, I, I know this, I, I feel bad because I know a lot of people do this. <laughs> but um, if you're sneaking, say, cauliflower into a strawberry smoothie, your kid may never know that they actually really enjoy cauliflower, you know, and I'm not saying to not put it in the smoothie, but I don't, I don't. I wouldn't hide it. I would say, hey, we're going to put it in there. And I would show them and let them again be part of that process. And like, wow, this actually tastes really good. Um, and it's baby steps too, because I know there are some really picky eaters out there and um, it's difficult to just all of a sudden say, okay, you guys are gonna all eat vegetables now and you'll like it no matter what. It's baby steps, just start small. But I'm I'm honestly not a fan of sneaking veggies <laughs> into <laughs> into food.
0: No, and I think the idea of having kids know what they're eating, being a part of the process and decision making and what's going in their bodies is also important because they should be part of that choice. Um, but at the same time, I can be the devil's advocate and think about, I'm sure parents want their children to at least have some healthy things in their diet, you know, chicken nuggets and fries. And so when they can sneak a veggie in here and there, they (laughs) will. But at some point we, you know, we are trying to, um, develop a generation of, of youth as well that will grow up making good, healthy decisions around their food choices, things that they're putting in their body and so on. So um, maybe, so I shouldn't sneak food, like healthy stuff into
1: my husband's meals. Part of that, I think too, is a lot of people are programmed to only think about vegetables that they see down the veggie aisle in their market, the market that they go to and have been going to forever. So the real big broccoli, cauliflower, um, zucchini, there's a lot of vegetables out there. And sometimes I think it takes um, going to a different market, maybe a different, um, you know, an ethnic market of some kind and finding a vegetable that you don't normally see um or growing something from seed that's not normally sold in your grocery store. There's a lot of variety out there that I think gets overlooked and your kid may not like broccoli and that's that's okay. May, you know not everybody loves broccoli, but they might like something else that's not, you know, mainstream supermarket vegetables. Um so I would I would really encourage parents to explore and take their kids shopping you know, we, we eat with our eyes first. I think that's the saying. Um, take your kids shopping and let them see this whole world of vegetables out there or healthy foods, fruits, you know, whatever it is. And one of the things my kids love are to do taste tests with foods we that are new to us. And we line them up. And, you know, sometimes you love them. Sometimes you don't. That's okay. But they're part of the process. And they're kind of developing like, oh, I kind of like this. I kind of don't, um, you know, it, it, I would just encourage people to explore other varieties, um, kind of venture out, um, of the normal, you know, aisle shopping.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I love going to a farmer's market. Oftentimes they do cut up, uh, samples and you do see really unique varieties there that, like you said, aren't typically in a typical produce section at your grocery store. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a farmer's markets. Um, a great place to explore food too and you know that's kind of goes with that visual thing it's it looks gorgeous right I love going to the farmer's market and just seeing all the fruits all the vegetables Um, my kids love seeing it and it's it's a really great way to sample different foods and kind of explore those different food options that are out there
0: yeah and you know not everybody has a backyard. Not everybody is in a place where they can necessarily grow a lot of food. I know one thing um, that I have uh, tried to do in previous years as a school administrator is is to start up a school garden um, at the schools that I've worked at. And really it's to give kids an opportunity at school to be part of like a gardening club, to explore Seeds and plants and varieties and have that rewarding feeling of like I grew this and some of the programs that um, we have done is where the after school program our boys and girls club will uh, also teach the kids cooking skills based on the things that they're harvesting from the school garden. Um, but for those that don't necessarily have a lot of space, I know you and I are both very passionate about small space gardening because you know mm-hmm. we work with limited space and um, we both talked a lot about container gardening. And so yeah. you know, as we think about not everybody is in the same uh, space or in a position where they have a lot of space is you know still to encourage you to be able to grow even, Maybe one bush of bush beans in a small container just to play around with uh, the idea of growing things and um, beans grow really fast. If you want instant satisfaction, number one, they sprout quickly. Number two, like Amanda said, if you were to grow it in, let's say, a Ziploc baggie with a moist paper towel, it's a great experiment because the kids can see that roots start to develop and the beginnings Mm -hmm. of the plant starting to germinate. Um, But it's it is something that is very doable Um, just based on your scale. So you scale down if you have a small space and you scale up if you have a little bit more room. Um, But these are ways to really get um, kids excited about growing. And I think as a kid, I do remember a couple uh, different classroom experiences where you get to start some carrot seeds or you get to grow a sunflower and you get your one cup and you write your name on it. But (laughs) it was fun. It was exciting. And yeah, I don't know if anything, I never got a carrot from that cup because I understand now how it all works. Um, and I'm not sure why would they would pick carrots to germinate because it takes forever, but so true, <laughs> right. So I'm thinking maybe my teacher had great intentions in third grade, but didn't quite know what was the best seed to try, uh, try out growing with us. But anyway, so those are all like great tips that you've shared with us in terms of how to get kids started and the benefits of gardening as a family. And when Amanda was talking about um, the idea of homesteading slash community, and I'm going to go back to the idea that I met, we met. Yes. A seed swap, which was a community event. Amanda brought her kids to the (laughs) event as well. So I remember meeting them there and one loves to take pictures and had the cameras and documented. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it really is about community and sharing the things that we have. Um, being able to discuss and learn from each other. And um, so I I really feel like the gardening community, at least that we're kind of a part of, whether in Southern California or even on our Instagram circles, it's all about community and supporting one another with growing and homesteading ideas.
1: Yeah. I I love, first of all, yay for starting the school garden. That's, (laughs) that's just, I love that so much. I love hearing that. I love, I helped my mom at her preschool start her garden and I love k- kids in the garden. Obviously is very special to me. Um, but it's so good for you for doing that. And even so much cooler listening to you uh, when you said that the, the cooking classes were using what was grown in the garden, you know, to prepare a meal. That's, that's what it's all about. I love that so much um, in regards to container gardening, just real quick, you know, I always try to tell people anybody can grow food in some capacity in any space and a great, great thing to do is an herb garden. An herb garden can live on your kitchen counter. It doesn't even have to be outside and we could all use fresh herbs in the kitchen. Um, One thing that grows really quick and really easy for kids is mint. If um, you know, while you're starting some of your other seed projects, go pick up a little mint seedling, um, put it in a container and right away your kids can already pick the leaves and add it to their lemonade or add it to their water. And I mean, that's instant gratification right there. They're already getting to do something hands on. Um, The scent is really strong. So it appeals to most um, kids and most people. So that's a really fun one. But I really, you know, herbs are a great. If you're limited on space, herbs are a great place to start um, growing something, growing some type of food. Um, One other thing I forgot to mention earlier was to make sure people check their uh, community for seed libraries. Um, Seed libraries, community gardens, things like that. There are a lot of free resources out there. So please don't let that ever be a reason to not grow food because people, when they know you want to start a garden or especially want to start a garden with a child, I think they just, they wanna give you seeds. They want to, you know, to be a part of that. So I know here in Orange County, we're very fortunate. We have a several seed libraries and they're all free. You, it's a little library checkout cart, you know, and you go and you pick out your packet of seeds and it's really great. So if you have an older kid, a teenager or somebody that's a great research project for them. Let them look into the community for different um, gardening opportunities and visiting a garden is a great thing to motivate your family, you know, if you guys want to start gardening. So just I I wanted to mention that because there's a lot of community resources out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And also, I think even um, being able to visit different local farms and touring and taking your kids where they allow you to, let's say, pick some fruit or pick some veggies, Um, but just that touring and exploring and learning more about again where does food come from uh, will spark that interest in them and uh, we've got lots of places around here where families can um, take their kids uh, to tour farms and so i'm sure most communities have something similar uh, around them
1: yeah definitely and like i said that's a great research project if you have a middle school high school student let them be in charge of that. Let them, you know, put that plan together. And I think that gives them some ownership of it too. And could also really get them excited to, Hey, I found this farm. I really think we all should go and, you know, see what it's like to actually grow strawberries or, you know, whatever it might be. But again, getting that ownership and responsibility for the task really gets them, you know, part of the process. And um, I think there's like a sense of gratification that comes with that as well.
0: Yeah, and especially if they find a place that they're interested in visiting, and it might even be a little further outside of our, let's say, county. It's Mm -hmm. fun to do like a quick little weekend drive to go to a special farm somewhere to pick apples or right to go see some huge pumpkin patch. Yeah. So I think it it can lead to a lot of of fun activities for the family. But again, it's it's around the idea of uh, growing. And um, it's around uh, understanding where food comes from. So let me let me close out our, our episode today by asking you this question. What are three of your favorite things to grow? Like it will always have a spot in your garden. And we know again, limited space. So these must be like tried and true and,
1: and you love them. Okay. This is really hard. Three things. I, I, this, okay. So one, I will say passion fruit. And I know that sounds kind of bizarre. Um, and it actually takes up a decent amount of space, but my entire family loves them. And if you've ever gone to the market to buy them, they are so expensive and that's only if you can find them. So that's something to me, like I feel so fortunate when I get a whole bucket of passion fruit from my yard and we make passion fruit jam every season and we share it with, it's like known in our neighborhood now. So passion fruit will always have a home in my garden. Um, Two more things. I think... Definitely, it'll. Can I say herbs in general, or is that okay? Um, I will always grow herbs. Again, even if I if I didn't have a, a yard, they'd be growing on my kitchen counter, because that at herbs have the potential to add such a freshness to any kind of meal. Anything, whether you're cooking with them or adding it as a garnish on top, you can really elevate um, any kind of dish with fresh herbs. So I will always have herbs growing. And the third thing, this one um, I had to really think about, but, and I actually asked my daughter what her favorite things to grow. And we have to go with cherry tomatoes. There will always be a cherry tomato plant in our yard. And that is one of our favorite snacking foods. They never make it into the kitchen. They, they are eaten out in the yard all the time. And they're so tasty. They grow quickly. They're prolific. They put out a lot of fruit. Um, and I think I, I don't, I would feel sad if we didn't have cher- fresh cherry tomatoes, you know, every summer. So definitely cherry tomatoes. Do you have a specific
0: cherry tomato variety that you like? Cause there's a lot out there.
1: I thought you might ask that <laughs> <laughs> when I asked my daughter, her favorite plant, she said, yellow pear tomato, sun gold tomato. She went like listed all these cherry tomatoes yeah. on us. So I tried to generalize it. Um, she loves the yellow pear tomatoes. Those are one of her favorites. Um, I love the sweet 100s. They grow, you know, each little branch puts off like, you know, 10 to 15 little fruits. And I think they're so sweet. Um, I'm growing a new one this, this season. It's called a sweetheart cherry tomato. So it's... Um, kind of in a heart shape and I collect hearts. So it might be a new favorite. We'll see, but I have, I I have those growing too. Do you really? Yes, Is it your do. first time growing them or yes. have you done them before? Yes. Oh,
0: awesome. We've got sweetheart tomatoes growing as well. Probably bought them from the same company
1: because it's want <laughs> so. part of their new product line. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. They might they might be the new winner, but I'd have to go with the either the yellow pear or the sweet 100s. So you're not going with spoon tomato. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> you grow a spoon tomato, just a you know word to the wise, you are going to need a ton of space. And I would, I would strongly recommend growing it in a container just to try and help. Um, it's a monster. It grows and, and it does, it sprawls out too. It doesn't just grow, you know, straight up and it, it takes over like a monster, but you'll get tons of tomatoes. So, you know. It's fun too.
0: <laughs> they only bring that up because the spoon tomato got a lot of Instagram time last season with just how oh, yeah. enormous and how many tomatoes there were. So that's why I thought it was funny just to ask <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> well, I actually I, did, I didn't plant any spoon tomatoes this year, and I have three growing because those they've just they're they volunteered all over the yard, and I thought I had pulled them all out. And then, you know, a couple got past me and they were a couple inches tall and I just didn't have the heart to discard them. So now I've got three in containers though, you know, growing, so.
0: Yeah, and you might think about that decision in July and, and go, hmm,
1: <laughs> here we are again. <laughs> Free to a good home. They, you might find them out on my front porch. <laughs> there you go. You can gift that to a neighbor. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, uh, your second item on your list, which was herbs, I think is such a great, um, option. Number one, like you said, it doesn't take up a lot of space. You can grow that outside or inside. Number two, you can use them fresh or number three, you can dry them and use them later. And so that's, that's another thing with herbs is, is when you buy them fresh at the market, just like the passion fruit you mentioned, it can get really pricey. And so by growing our own, we have it right there at our fingertips when they're fresh. And it really does, um, save in terms of like the cost of, you know, all these flavors that we're trying to add to our dishes to, like you said, elevate and make things taste really good and fresh. So I definitely agree with you. Herbs will always have a space somewhere on my mini farm, um, just because they're so versatile. And it's one of the things that I quite often share with my coworkers and my family is they're always like, Hey, can you bring me some herbs? And, And uh, so, you know, you snip some rosemary, you snip some thyme, I got some sage, usually parsley's out there somewhere as well. Absolutely. Um, Around here, I know cilantro should grow fairly easy, but I find my cilantro bolts really fast and compared to others. So that's one of the ones that's kind of hit and miss for me, but tried and true for sure is always rosemary, thyme, sage, and parsley for us over here.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you with the cilantro Mine bolts every single time, but I've learned to embrace it and now I collect the seeds and that's coriander. And so you can grind that up and use it, you know, in, in stews and soups and stuff. So I, I try to make the best of it, but yeah, cilantro bolts for me every single time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I keep trying cause I keep thinking maybe this year, maybe this year. Yeah. So I don't give up. I don't give up. I'm very persistent. Well, Amanda, if folks were interested in connecting with you to follow along with your homesteading journey, maybe follow along to see what will come of your three volunteer spoon tomatoes. Where can they <laughs> connect with you?
1: The best place to connect with me is on Instagram, for sure. I'm at Grateful Underscore Gardener. Grateful Gardener. Um, I'm. It's funny. I'm. I was the last person I knew to to be active on social media and I've I feel so fortunate to have found this little gardening community this little niche of positive you know goodness out there in the social media world and I really enjoy it so please yes on instagram grateful underscore gardener um you can follow along you'll see my daughter she she does a bunch of taste testing videos and things like that and it's kind of fun Uh, it's fun for me to watch and yeah Oh,
0: okay. So I will be sure to add Amanda's Instagram information on my show notes for this episode so you can connect with her. Uh, Thank you, Amanda, so much for
1: joining us today. You're so welcome. This was really fun. Thank you for having me on here. And thank you again for starting the school garden and kind of just um, letting us talk about kids in the garden. It's, it's so special. And I feel like it's so important that more people get involved in this. So I really appreciate you kind of shedding some light on these topics.
0: Yeah. And I'm no longer at that school, but the funny thing is this last week, one of the teachers uh, who's still there, she took some pictures of the school garden sent them to me to show me an update of what was going on. So that just made my heart swell with just excitement that whatever is, is uh, going on over there is still good stuff and people are growing and helping kids with uh, continuing on with the garden. So that, that really made me happy. So thank you to our podcast listeners. And again, to Amanda, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe or follow this podcast. Please know that we definitely appreciate your support. You can also follow us on Instagram at TLC Mini Farm or visit our website at TLCMiniFarm.com. Until next time, happy homesteading, everyone.